0: never missed showing up. Every year he came in at 7.15, took the chair facing the doorway at the corner table, sipped an iced tea, and waited. The first year had been awful to see. That was the year his plight had captured Ginny's heart. That was the year he'd brought the little box and the roses, deep crimson roses, a full dozen, long-stemmed. He'd set them on the table by the empty chair and sat there, the ice melting in his tea, his heart and eyes raw and wounded. Oh, she liked to have died for him, watching the minutes tick by. After twenty or so, he'd taken out the little box, flipped it open, looked at it, then closed it back up again and put it in his pocket. Oh, how her heart had ached. And his face. It showed everything, that face hope in his eyes guilt and despair in the lines from nose to mouth a hint of anger in the set of his jaw and mouth that's when she had begun to pray for him the dark-haired man oh lord she had whispered you know everything nothing is hidden from you whatever the situation whatever the hurt you can heal it do it father have mercy on this man He had looked up abruptly as she'd whispered that prayer, almost as if he'd heard her, though that could not have been possible. Their eyes had met for just a moment. Jenny had given him a slight nod. He nodded back, forced a smile, then looked back toward the door. For years he'd been coming, and waiting, although not in the outright anguish of the first time. Last year he had seemed more pessimistic, less hopeful. She wondered how much longer he would come, how much longer he would hope. She felt an urgency now, and it burst from her in prayer. Lord, all things serve you, she murmured under her breath. You hold everything together, and everything follows the counsel of your will. The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. As the river's of water, he turneth it whithersoever he will. Turn these two toward each other, Lord bring them back together. I don't need to know about it. But do your healing, Lord. Fix these broken hearts. Susan cleared her throat. The waitress was at their table, smiling indulgently at the senile old lady mumbling to herself. Will you have some dessert? she asked pleasantly, and Jenny saw a way to buy herself another twenty minutes. Why, I haven't had my birthday cake she said as brightly as she could. The others couldn't deny her that. They readjusted themselves in their chairs, resigned. Jinny checked her own watch. He would be there any minute now, every year at 7.15. Another five minutes and he'd be rolling in. Anybody else have some dessert? she asked brightly. They shook their heads. I couldn't eat another bite, Susan protested. Jinny ignored the not-so-subtle hint and to pacify them, she started gathering up her presents. She fixed her eyes on the doorway, and ignoring everything around her, she continued to talk to the Lord. Inside her heart this time. At her age, you had to watch it. She continued to pray and keep watch, and just as the waitress was rounding the corner with the tiny little cake and the silly birthday hat and calling all the other waiters and waitresses to her table to sing, in he came. And she almost sang herself with relief. He was a very big man, tall, around six foot two or three, she'd guess, and strapping. He was handsome, too, and Jinny clicked her tongue and gave her head a small shake at this. Handsome men could be problematic, used to getting their own way and such. Though Jinny's young man was certainly not hard on the eyes, She liked to think there was more to him than that. His hair was dark, his features bold, but there was something else about him that spoke of character to her, though she couldn't quite put her finger on what it was. It was just that he spilled out trustworthiness and competence, and although she couldn't say why, Jinny knew if it ever came to such an eventuality, her life would be safe in his hands. He had a calm, steady face. Good, clean, honest lines to it. He looked at home in a suit, but at the same time...